Hey, welcome to Spiritual Gifts class through Immersion Discipleship School. This is session two called The Source of Spiritual Gifts. Now, last week, you'll remember, we talked about the foundation of spiritual gifts, which was all about what, they're, what they are, what they're not, what they're for, and also how we receive them. Now, this week, as we talk about the source of spiritual gifts, it's obvious that we're going to be focusing on the person and work of the Holy Spirit, because our terminology is the gifts of the Spirit, which means that they're His gifts, and we're recipients and stewards of these precious blessings that He gives to us and allows us to minister in. It's important that we understand understand the person of the Holy Spirit. He's the third person in the Trinity. He's the active agent of the Trinity. And we'll see that very carefully, very clearly, as we go into our lesson today. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God in the world today. And prior to Jesus' death and resurrection, Jesus said this about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14, verse 16. He said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever. And Jesus even said, it is better that I go, that the Holy Spirit come. In other words, you want the Holy Spirit to come so that he could indwell all believers, those who believe upon Jesus, and that they could function in the same way that Jesus functioned, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, when we look in Scripture, we see several roles and responsibilities for the Holy Spirit, and He's referenced in these various ways. The Holy Spirit teaches and He guides. He convicts and He prays. He reveals Jesus. He causes us to be born again or made new. He empowers and He sanctifies. He anoints us for ministry. He brings freedom. He gives joy. He produces godly fruit in our lives. According to Romans 5, He pours out love into our hearts and he also comforts. The Bible references him as the comforter. He is the one that makes us alive. And as we see and are focusing on, he's the one that brings gifts after salvation in order for us to be used in ministry to strengthen the church and really bring uh, an awareness and a reality to the living Christ to the world. So we really want to focus on who he is, what he does, and the fact that we have been called to live a supernatural life as believers through the Holy Spirit. This is something that we see over and over and over again in Scripture. And I want to talk to you about how it is that we experience a supernatural life through the Holy Spirit and kind of unravel and demystify who He is and what He does in our lives. The first point that we want to bring up and I want to make is that we experience the Holy Spirit first through regeneration. Now we see this in Scripture that before you give your life to Jesus, the Bible says in Ephesians 2.5 that we are dead in our sins and our transgressions. We are spiritually dead, walking around dead, which means that we need someone or something to make us alive from the inside. This really is the work of the Holy Spirit. To be regenerated means to be reborn or to be made new. When Jesus died for the forgiveness of our sins and he rose again, that resurrection was obviously to demonstrate and to give us new life. When we believe upon him, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes to live within, within us and he makes us alive. Where we were once dead, we were in darkness, now we're in the light of God, we're transferred into his kingdom and we're made alive through the Holy Spirit who lives in our spirit. In John chapter 3 verse 3, this is what it says, Jesus answered a guy named Nicodemus 
Nicodemus, and he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless someone is born again, he cannot even see the kingdom. This term also means to be born from above. So to be born again, to be made new. If we're not made new, we can't even see the kingdom. We can't experience the kingdom. When we experience regeneration by the Spirit, we become a Christian. That's what we're saying. It's the first work of the Holy Spirit in our lives in terms of us being a Christian. Now, he also convicts us so that we would come to Jesus, but he comes to live inside of us as we believe upon Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 1, it says that the Holy Spirit seals us. In verse 13, Paul says this, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. We were sealed. Who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, the praise of his glory. There's another passage that says we are sealed by the Holy Spirit in Christ, that he is a deposit guaranteeing that which is to come. What we experience in the Holy Spirit living inside of us is a deposit in view of fullness which we will have when we are with Jesus physically and um, resurrected to be with him in glory. When we first recognize the work of the Holy Spirit in salvation, this is a supernatural process and we need to come to this. Jesus rose from the dead and he met with his disciples in John chapter 20 verse 21 and this is what he said upon his resurrection to them. He said, so Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, now I also send you. And Jesus was obviously sent in power through the Holy Spirit. So as the Father has sent me, now I send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now this moment recalls the creation account when Adam was created. In verse uh, 7 of Genesis chapter 2, listen to this. It says, Then the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. In Genesis chapter 2, we were created through God's workmanship, and we were breathed into and that, that breath of God was the Holy Spirit. We were made alive from the beginning. Sin caused us to be dead, according to Ephesians chapter 2. And what we see in John chapter 20, verse 21, when Jesus rose again, his disciples were there, they believed upon him, and it says he breathed into them, and they received the Holy Spirit. He, sa he said to them, uh, Peace be with you, as the Father sent me, now I'm sending you. And he breathed upon them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. That word receive means receive into yourself. This John chapter 20 verse 21 recalls Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. It recalls this being made alive experience. And so this isn't the only way that we experience the Holy Spirit, but this uh, in salvation, being regenerated, being born again and made new, this is vital and this is really the first way in which that we experience the Holy Spirit as a Christian. And the second way that we experience the Holy Spirit is we experience the Holy Spirit through empowerment. Some call this the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Now if you are a Christian, you've believed upon Jesus, you're already a Christian, you already have the Holy Spirit living inside you. The Bible says you're sealed unto the day of redemption. But that doesn't mean that you're given power to be a witness unto Jesus. And we see that, that there's also this promise of power that we read about in Matthew chapter 3 all the way into the book of Acts. And what John the Baptist said, I think is very important as we 
continue our conversation, we experience the Holy Spirit through empowerment. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, John says this, As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals. And then he says, He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Jesus walks with his disciples for three years. They hear the best teaching in the world. They see the demonstration of the kingdom. They're learning from Jesus. They're his disciples, learners of him and his way. And then Jesus dies. He rises again. He's with them in John chapter 20. Breathes on them, says, receive the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus says to them, go into Jerusalem and wait. There's this encounter in Acts chapter 1. Clearly these guys believe upon Jesus. But it's interesting to see what Jesus says to them after this account in John chapter 20. Listen to this, Acts chapter 1 verse 4. I'm going to read till verse 8. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised. Now we're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, not just being reborn or regenerated. Which he said, you heard from me, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together and they were asking him, Lord, is it at this time that you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or epochs or seasons or hours which the Father has fixed by his own authority. In other words, you can't know this, but this is what I want you to focus on. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even the remotest parts of the earth, which we're living in right now from where he was talking during that time. He says this, I want you to wait in Jerusalem until you receive the power. Now these guys already believe on, on Jesus Christ, his, his finished work. They're standing with him. Jesus is risen from the dead. He, they've received the Holy Spirit. They're believers at this point. But Jesus says, the teaching that you've received and the fact that you're now born again, it's not enough. And I want you to recall what John said about being baptized with the Holy Spirit in fire. And I want you to wait here until you receive that promise. Now when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the word baptism means to be saturated, covered, um, completely immersed. This is more of an outward empowerment. We see this if you go all the way back into the Old Testament. Whenever the Holy Spirit would come upon someone, they were empowered in order to do something. This would typically happen for prophets, priests, and kings. And so this was very normal positionally, but now in Christ, it's about relationships. So those who believe upon Jesus can expect to experience an empowerment in order to be his witnesses. The goal of being baptized with the Holy Spirit is that we would receive power to be like, look like, and act like Jesus Christ in the world around us, to the world around us. And so Jesus says, wait in Jerusalem, and they do just that. They're in Jerusalem, they're waiting for what Jesus promises. There's about 120 believers that are gathered together, and they're praying. We call this this upper room experience. So they're in some kind of a home, they're waiting for the promise. They don't really know what's going to happen. They just know that they're going to receive power from the Holy Spirit. But how that's going to look, how that's going to happen, they're not really sure. They're just being obedient to Jesus and waiting. And so here we have in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4, 
as the believers are gathered together as they're praying, the Bible says that, that a violent rushing wind comes into the place where they were all praying. And I can only imagine a, a wind begins to blow and then it says little flames of fire, they look like tongues as a fire, starts to rest on each one. And as you go through all the way to verse 4 in Acts chapter 2, it says they spoke with tongues or other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. They all of a sudden move from inside the house to outside the house. And now they're outside and they're speaking in other languages that they have never learned before. If you count up the different languages, there's 13 different dialects. There are all these people that are watching this happen. They're seeing the joy come out of their life. And there are some that are scoffing saying, you guys are drunk. Now Peter corrects that, but you can imagine the joy that's coming out of these guys as they're experiencing the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that was only reserved in the past for prophets, priests, and kings. It was a moment of history that they didn't realize was going to come upon them in that very moment. Peter explains what's happening as they're speaking in tongues and experiencing supernatural phenomena in Acts chapter 2 verse 15. And this is what Peter says, For these men are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only the third hour of the day, and that's 9 a.m. But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. And it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth of my spirit on all mankind. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And even on my bond slaves, both men and women, I will in those days pour forth of my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will grant wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth below and blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And here we have from this scripture, they're experiencing the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the baptism with the Holy Spirit, which was prophesied hundreds and hundreds of years before in the book of Joel, who was a prophet to Israel. And they, he, he says that it shall come to pass in these days, the last days, that God will pour out His Spirit on all people. This meant not just Jews, but also Gentiles. And then he goes on to say, your sons and your daughters. This is male and female. It's not just reserved for men. It's not just reserved for Jews. We're talking Jew-Gentile, male-female. And then he says, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. And then he talks, so he's talking now about young and old. So genders, generations, and nations. It's these three categories that all of a sudden are available for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Isn't it interesting, he says, in the last days, and then he goes on with some prophecy and says, until the great and glorious day shall come, the day of the Lord. The last days were opened on that day when the outpouring of the Holy Spirit happened. The day of the Lord is the second coming of Christ, which we see in all the prophetic books in the Old Testament. The day of the Lord is, is, the, is the second coming of Christ. The last day was the day of Pentecost. We are still living in the last days until the very last day of the Lord. That means that there's an open heavens. That means that those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Those that want to be empowered can be baptized with the Holy Spirit, and they can do what Jesus did. They can live as Jesus lived. This is what we believe. Leave. This is how we are called to experience a supernatural life through the Holy Spirit. Something you'll notice as they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, they spoke supernaturally in other tongues. There are eight different occurrences in the book of Acts 
where they were baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit. We believe that they were already believers, regenerated with the Holy Spirit. They believed upon the risen Christ. And now as the Holy Spirit comes upon them and they are immersed or baptized with his power, six out of those eight times they speak with tongues. Most of those six they also prophesy. The other two, it mentions that there was some kind of outward sign. What that means to us is that something happens when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now the debate is whether or not the, the evidence of being baptized with the Holy Spirit is speaking with new tongues. Now I, I'm not here to tell you that it is or isn't. I believe that the majority of the time that people are baptized with the Holy Spirit, they do speak with new tongues. They speak with spiritual language. That does happen. But there are some times where that doesn't happen, but they're still baptized with power. When I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I didn't receive any gift of tongues whatsoever. I didn't speak with new tongues. But I did begin to prophesy, and you'll see that in Acts 2. You'll see that also later in Acts chapter 4 and Acts chapter 10. They spoke in tongues. They prophesied. In other words, they heard the voice of God, and they spoke what God was speaking. This is very normal for people when they're baptized with the Holy Spirit. But the point of being baptized, covered, immersed, full fully, completely saturated with God's power through the Holy Spirit is about, the, is, a, is about receiving power to be a witness. That we now, what we have on the inside, we now manifest outwardly. This is what it's all about. And if we, for some reason, have just an encounter with the Holy Spirit, but that doesn't manifest outwardly to the other, we really want to question what it is that we've had happen, or we want to really seek the Holy Spirit for more. When these guys were baptized with the Holy Spirit, you follow the whole book of Acts. Churches were planted. Signs and wonders followed them that believe. Healings happened. People were risen from the dead. People evangelized with confidence and boldness and faithfulness. All-night prayer meetings. I mean, the, the, the known world received the gospel from the unknown people of that world. I mean, it was like the Holy Spirit lands on people and all of a sudden they make Jesus known among different people groups. And that's incredible. In Acts chapter 10, when the Holy Spirit is poured out on the house of Cornelius. This was the gateway, the opening for all of Gentiles. This would include me. That's where God was fulfilling what he said right here, even through Peter prophetically. Peter, I don't believe, saw it at that time, nor did the disciples see it in Matthew 28, verse 18, where he said, make disciples of all nations. They didn't hear that. They heard make disciples of people that were like them, Jews. In Acts chapter 2, he says that, the, that in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. This means Jew and Gentile. They still didn't hear it. But in Acts 10, they got it because in the house of Cornelius, who was a Gentile, the Holy Spirit was poured out and the gate was flung wide open for all who believe upon Jesus to not only receive him as Lord and Savior and be saved, born again, but also to receive the power of the Holy Spirit to reach the known world. God is still pouring out his Holy Spirit. He is still empowering us to be a witness. He is still releasing gifts of the Spirit through us. My, my, my other verse that I want to share with you is in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 which talks about not just the activation or the baptism with the Holy Spirit but the ongoing filling of the Holy Spirit. We see this Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15. Paul says to the Ephesian church, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools but live like those who are wise. 
Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because you will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. This means to be continually, constantly filled with the Holy Spirit so that we are flowing and overflowing the life of Christ that God has called us to live out toward people. This is so vital, this is so important. So this is what we believe. We believe first that we experience the Holy Spirit in regeneration, this is salvation, being born again. Secondarily, we believe that we experience the Holy Spirit through empowerment, the baptism with the Holy Spirit. That is the activation of God's power in our life to be a witness of Jesus Christ. This comes with evidence. This comes with boldness. It comes with speaking in tongues. It comes with prophecy. And we should contend to see outward evidence manifested in our life when we are empowered and baptized with the Holy Spirit. We also believe that being filled with the Holy Spirit, flowing with the Holy Spirit, is a daily thing. According to Ephesians 5, it says, Be filled, constantly and continually filled with the Holy Spirit. That means every day of our life we want to wake up and ask the Holy Spirit to fill us and flow through us. That's our desire. More of Him, less of us. We want to see the life of God flow through us, and that happens through the Holy Spirit. Now, my story is very much like what I just read to you. When I was 19 years old, I met Jesus Christ in my bedroom. I gave Him my life. I had an encounter with God, and I gave Him my life right there and right then. I experienced His presence. I woke up the next morning. I knew that I was alive. It was like the grass was green, and the sky was blue, and I had never seen it before. And now I'm living a new life in Christ. I'm sharing the gospel with people. I've, I'm experiencing joy like I'd never experienced before. Once I hated people, now I'm beginning to love people. Once I didn't care about anybody or anything, and now all of a sudden I'm starting to care. I want to be used of God. I want to share with everybody what I have. Maybe three to six months later, somewhere in that time frame, I was at a Bible study with a friend of mine and another friend of ours came over to that Bible study and he talked to us about being baptized with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. Now I had heard of this of course and I would seen and heard speaking in tongues but I didn't speak in tongues. So as he talked to us about that we were all very interested and he said, hey let's pray. So we did. We sat there and we, and we prayed and we asked the Holy Spirit to baptize us to fill us. Now all I, all I can explain to you is that I felt and I don't always feel this happened, but I felt the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit come upon me. It was like electricity through my body, and I hadn't had that happen to me. And this is what occurred. I, for 45 minutes, I experienced a true outpouring of God's Spirit over my life. After that moment, I left that meeting, and I didn't speak in tongues, but I began to prophesy. I began to speak, uh, I began to speak out uh, confidently, boldly about Jesus, I was, I was seeing things in the Spirit. I began to share with people what I was seeing. As I looked at people, I, I would see words over them. I would see things that the Lord was showing me prophetically. I didn't know that this was an activation of the gifts of God in my life. I really didn't know exactly what had happened, but something outwardly began to manifest. It wasn't many months later that I was seeking God to, to speak in new tongues. I wanted, to, I wanted to have a prayer language. So I had asked God several times. I mean, it was night after night, and then I'd leave it alone for a while because I didn't receive it. But maybe three months later, if that, 
I receive speaking with new tongues. I begin to speak in the Spirit. I begin to pray in the Spirit, sing in the Spirit. And it was a precious blessing that God had given to me. But this wasn't right directly after I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. That does happen for many. It didn't happen for me. But I did prophesy. In other words, God will activate something in our life and it will, it will function and flow outwardly as evidence that He has truly baptized us and given us empowerment. We see this on and on and again. And as I pray for people to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, regularly I see some kind of outward manifestation. If it's not speaking in, a to in tongues or some kind of unlearned or spiritual language, it's prophecy or boldness or something that happens. But either way, we want to contend for the fullness of the Spirit and ask Him to pour out His presence, His power upon us and release these gifts. The third way I want to talk to you about experiencing the Holy Spirit is obviously what our whole class is about. He's the source of all spiritual gifts, so we experience the Holy Spirit through spiritual gifts. The Holy Spirit is the source of all gifts. In fact, they are His gifts, as I've already told you, and we minister through His gifts by His power. I'm going to read to you 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to be really familiar with this passage by the end of our class. But this is what Paul said to the Corinthians in verse 1. He says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware or ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries, but the same Lord. There are varieties of effects or manifestations, but the same God works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So the manifestation, the evidence of the Spirit, we are given that evidence of the Spirit for the common good or for other people. That's what this class is all about. But in order to understand ministering by the Spirit, we need to understand the Holy Spirit, who He is, what He does. He makes us born again. He then baptizes us with His power. Then He releases His gifts in and through us so that we can reveal Jesus so that we can strengthen the body and bring the life of God everywhere that we go. Remember, the Holy Spirit is the active agent of the Trinity. The truths of God in Scripture, the Holy Spirit is the one to enact those, activate those, bring those to life in us and through us as we live out uh, as a follower of Jesus Christ. It's so vital that we understand who He is. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, they are not a possession. They are a partnership as we rely on the Holy Spirit to minister through us. We want to learn to be sensitive to the presence, the person, and the power of the Holy Spirit. We want to learn to be led by the Holy Spirit. He's our source. We're not drawing from ourselves. We can't say, I have the gift of prophecy, so I'm going to pull from this deep well inside me. No. The Holy Spirit lives in our spirit. He's the one that baptizes us. He's the one that flows out of us. And so what we want to do is learn how to be sensitive, how to be led by Him, how to see through His eyes, how to minister accordingly. He knows what's going on with everybody in a room or anybody at the supermarket. And so the more that we are learning to be led by Him, the more we are going to minister to other people.
And so he releases the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk later about the ministry gifts, the motivation gifts, and the manifestational gifts. And you'll, you'll be able to hear about that in detail, so I won't go through that now. But we experience the Holy Spirit as we minister to other people through the gifts that he gives. Now I want to conclude our session, our lesson, by just simply saying this. That most of you, if not all of you that are watching this, have experienced regeneration. That you are a believer in Jesus Christ. You believe that Jesus died, he rose again. He died for the forgiveness of your sins, he rose again to give us new life. And the Holy Spirit is the one, when we believe upon Jesus, that comes to live inside of us and make us new. From death to life, from darkness to light. He brings life into us and now we are alive to God in Christ Jesus. All of us have probably experienced this. But there are some of you who are watching this and maybe you have never been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I would tell you, if you're not sure if you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, you don't have maybe outward evidence of that. You don't speak with, with new tongues. You don't prophesy. You don't have the boldness to be a witness. Really, that's what it's all about, power to be a witness. You're not experiencing that. You desire it, but you're not experiencing that. Let me encourage you that right here and right now, you can say, God, will you baptize me with your power that I could be a witness of Jesus Christ? And as the Lord does that, you receive that by faith. As, as the Lord does that in your life, you can begin to speak with new tongues. I believe everybody can speak with tongues. That you just begin to speak out by faith whatever syllables or whatever words that God gives to you. It might seem silly, but a lot of things in life are. I believe that God reduces some things down to such simplicity that we need to have childlike faith in order to even function in it. And that's some of what I understand speaking in tongues to be. I also believe that speaking in tongues, according to 1 Corinthians 14, is about speaking mysteries to God that only God can interpret unless we have the gift of interpretation. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 1, Though I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, there's that spiritual language, that angelic realm of tongues. And we want to have this. We want to experience this. We want to express this. Don't be afraid and don't be ashamed. If you need to do this in the privacy of your own home, then just do that. Many, many, many people that I've prayed for have spoken in tongues as they've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. And many of those who have not spoken in tongues as I've prayed for them did at some point later on. And I want to tell you this, that everybody can speak with tongues, but not everybody receives that as they're baptized with the Holy Spirit. But we can contend to flow in the Spirit, to speak and to pray in the Spirit as God enables us and empowers us. Be hungry for that. Be expectant for that. And ask God for it. Don't just sit back and say, you know where I live, whatever you want to do, do. Don't do that. It's my experience that people who are just open don't experience a whole lot of God. But it's people that are pursuing and pursuant are the ones that really obtain something in the Lord. You can experience more of the Holy Spirit. Ask Him to baptize you. Ask Him to fill you. If you have been baptized with the Holy Spirit, let me encourage you. Wake up in the morning and say, God, would you lead me by your Holy Spirit? And then begin to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Just say, Holy Spirit, lead me. Speak to me. Help me to hear your voice and be sensitive to what you want to do in my life today. And then as he leads you, obey right away. That's really the mantra that you want to learn. Obey right away. When the Holy Spirit leads you, just go for it. 
He's, Jesus never rebuked anybody for having too much faith. I would tell you, go for it, go for it, go for it. When he's leading you, go for it. If you're not sure, but you think he's leading you, go for it. Don't even second guess yourself. And if you make a mistake or you blow it or whatever, you'll learn from it. And that's really the blessing about being a disciple. A disciple means learner. It doesn't mean ex expert. And so learn to be filled with the Holy Spirit every day. Wake up in the morning, ask Him to fill you, and then look for opportunities for Him to flow through you. And as we continue on in our lessons, we're going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the different kinds of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But knowing that He's our source, being led by Him, learning from Him, following the way that He's moving in our lives is vital and important as we continue this discussion. Let me read this verse to you before I close and pray for you. This is what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit in John chapter 7, verse 37. He, it says, Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture says, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. He spoke of the Spirit in such a way that those that believe in Him as they receive the Holy Spirit, rivers of living water will flow out of, out of our innermost being. I don't know about you, but I want rivers of living water, the life of God. Rivers bring life everywhere that they go. And what I want is the life of God flowing out from me, touching people. That's when we truly are a witness of Jesus Christ. Nobody was like Jesus, but those that follow Him can be like Him only by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is the source of all gifts. He is the source of life. He's the source of our being a witness of Jesus. So we want to seek Him together. Let me pray for you guys as we close. Father, I just thank you for everybody that's watching by video. As we're taking this class together, we're seeking to be learners of Jesus. And Lord, I pray first that every one of us would be would be born again, that we would experience you through regeneration. If there's anybody watching this that has not given their life to you and believed upon you, your death, burial, and resurrection, I pray, God, that they would give their hearts to you right here and right now. They would experience what it means to be born again, to have new life, to go from darkness to light, from death to life. I ask for that to happen. But Lord, secondarily, I pray, God, that every person watching this would be baptized, activated by the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would pour out your presence right now and that we would be baptized with you and you would activate the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that we would begin to speak with new tongues, that we would prophesy, we would see visions and dream dreams. That would be for the young and the old, men and women, that it would be for every generation, every nation. We thank you, Lord, that it is your promise to baptize us with power in order to be a witness of Jesus. Let that happen for everybody that continues on in this lesson. I pray that none of us would go on learning about something that we're not activated in. Let it happen, Lord. And Lord, also I pray that as we continue this lesson about spiritual gifts, that you would teach us, give us understanding, wisdom, and revelation, that the gifts of the Spirit would become normal in our life, that that's the kind of Christianity that we would see happening in us and around us on a regular basis. We love you. We look forward to all that you're going to do. We thank you, Lord, for baptizing us, filling us, and leading us by your Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. I look forward to our next lessons in spiritual gifts class. Yeah, I will, will.